Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Y'all, we are excited. Uh, this is the first time we're ever doing this, where we actually get to have a conversation with our speakers from the previous Sunday. So today is Monday, we're recording this, and I'm actually getting to sit down at a table with Erica Phipps and Aaron Sheldon um, and just get to discuss what we're about to dive into because in a few minutes, you're gonna hear from them their message that they taught on Sunday morning in front of our students, high school and J-high respectively. So um, I just had a few questions for both of y'all and we're just gonna, it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be a chat and We'll see, see what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I just want to jump in. In both of your messages, y'all worked so well together during the week in preparing this. And so you both talk about Joseph's story in Genesis. I can't remember what exact chapter, but Joseph's story is up in chapter 37. Um, Joseph's story is like an up-down roller coaster. I think of the steel eel at, uh, at Six Flags or SeaWorld. That's where it is where it's just constant up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. We don't know what's going to happen in Joseph's story. And so I wanted to, you studied Joseph's story all this week, in the past week. What was your, or what is your favorite part about his story? For me, I think one of the coolest things about Joseph is how it truly was up and down. I showed a, a graphic on Sunday, a very simple one that was literally just how every part of his life was just up and down, up and down. But I love how he never looked back on the past, um, dwelled on those past things that he went through. He just focused on where he was right in that moment, whether it was a high place or a low place. And he really just put his head down and kept going forward in every situation that he was in. And I also love seeing how at the end of his life, when he's uh, reunited with his brothers, how God really did use all of that mess for for the, his good, for um, Joseph's good and ultimately God's glory. And so I think it's really cool just to see um, how God worked all of that stuff that was meant by the devil for evil, right? Like all that was meant um, to destroy jo- Joseph, to tear him down. But in the end, he ends up um, reuniting with his brothers and it's just probably makes it all worth it, I would imagine. Yeah. So Like he kind of has a, a forgive and forget posture at the end Yeah. of what you did was meant to harm. Like those are his exact words. Yeah. In Genesis 50, 20, I love that verse. He says, he's talking to his brothers and it said, what you intended to harm me, God um, used it for good for, for what is being done now and the saving of many lives. And so, yeah, he, he even recognized what God was doing through all of that. That's awesome. That's about, that's a lot of self-awareness too. Yeah. Joseph's part. For sure. Very cool. Erica, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm all about details, and I love how there are so many details throughout Genesis about Joseph's life and everything that he went through. And, you know, sometimes we we talked about this idea of a story, and sometimes you just want to get to the end and figure out what happens. But either way, whether you know what happens or don't know what happens, you still want to go back and see how it happened. And so him realizing, you know, like she was saying, being present, but each thing that is happening to you, like, understanding that those details matter those details are going to get you to the end of the story and help you 
to be able to look back and say, this is, this is why that happened. And then again, in Genesis 50, 20, I think is also a beautiful reflection of the gospel because you look at Jesus and he was like, you know, they arrested him, they beat him, they crucified him. And he knew the whole time, like, I know what the end of the story is, but it's not fun. I still don't want to go through these details. But just like Genesis 50, 20, where it says, you intended to harm me, but God meant it for good. Like God's ultimate plan was for him to be, you know, the savior of the world. And so he had to go through these nitty gritty details that he didn't like to get to be to that place. So even though everyone else wanted to harm Jesus, the whole time God had it planned for good. Yeah. All the things that... All the, thing that, all the things that, like, Joseph went, to, went through, um, you mentioned that, how it directly relates to the gospel and Jesus encountering similar resistance yeah. uh, just to his his life of, like, I'm thinking back to the Garden of, uh, the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is like, if, if there is a way that I can pass this cup, this burden that, that I'm, I'm about to bear by dying on the cross and going through the whole process of crucifixion, then take it but yeah. like know, i know it's a part of the that. plan but i don't want it to be part of the plan exactly right and it's funny how you mentioned details as that's kind of that that was one of your i think it was your or it is your third point in your messages yeah, don't where miss the details. don't miss the details and god cares about the details and i wanted to just kind of kind of get personal and see what details that you both have in your lives like any any life story or the just the hand that you were dealt that you have seen God use, whether that's a good detail or a bad detail, you can share however you, however you want. Um. Well, for me, I think a big part of it is my my family life and my dad. I wasn't really dealt the best hand, I would say, when um, with my father. He wasn't really like a, a dad, a daddy to me. He was just kind of there for like discipline, you know, like he just wanted to punish me and um discipline me when I did wrong so for the longest time I viewed God in the same way just thinking God wanted to punish me for my sin or make sure I was being perfect and um, it took me a long time to realize that that's not who God is and a lot of times we view um, God as we view our earthly dad but we have to realize they're they're not the same he is the ultimate father and so much different so all that to say the details of the way that my dad treated me and my family and my brother's and the way that, you know, we haven't had a relationship and I've been, you know, hurt by him emotionally. It it was hard and it wasn't fun in the midst of it, but it led me, I think, to where I am now, to where I can truly see that God is my ultimate father. I can talk to girls and I can understand, you know, when their parents are going through a divorce or when they just don't have that close relationship with their dad, um, I can be there and I, I can empathize with them. Yeah. And um for me, that, that just means a lot. Like, I would do it all over again just to be able to sit next to someone and say, I know what you're going through. Like, I know how this hurts. And um, and it makes me just appreciate my husband so much more because I know that when he's a dad, he is going to be such a good dad and such a sweet dad. And it makes me feel so good that I, you know, I sought out what was right in a husband and in a man to be able you know, to pour into me and to pour into my children. And so God used all of that, all of those details um, to really work in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause with your dad, you saw what was not needed or what was carried out in excess, really like, especially thinking yeah. discipline kind of, and where, what you see in Seth are 
or is close to the complete opposite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. That's cool. really good. For me, um, most recent example I can think of was in the summer of 2018 when out of the blue, my brother was diagnosed with cancer, which was really the first biggest health scare in my family. Um, mm. My brother is a college athlete. He's always been super healthy, working out multiple hours a day. Um, and so we've never had any kind of scare like that. And it was really just out of the blue and coming from a family that doesn't walk closely with Jesus, it was cool to be able to minister to them in that that scary time in that hard moment. I remember the night that my mom told me um, that he had cancer. We were coming home from dinner and it was just her and I and a coming home from um, dinner and we were in the parking lot or in the driveway and my mom was just kind of looking at me like I don't know what to do like I don't know she was just kind of like this empty face and I was like well let's pray and that was the first time that like truly we had like prayed together other wow. than Thanksgiving or Christmas or those basic things but the truly the first time that she I got to minister to her and then another cool like way that God used all that was our doc, the doctor that performed my brother's surgery, we've known him ever since we were babies. Um, he's incredible. And the day of surgery, it's like really intimidating and scary. You're just like waiting in this small room, my family of four. And then the doctor came in and like my mom, you could just tell she was terrified. Like her face just said it all. And the doctor gave my mom a hug and he said, how are you feeling to my mom? And my mom said, I feel fine because you're on my side. And the doctor looked at my mom and he said, you don't, he said, um, no, we got God on our side. And so it was cool to even see that like the doctor, like someone who has studied science and all this stuff, who a lot of people think go against Christianity, but this doctor knew that like mm. he was going to get through because he had God on his side too. And so that was just a cool um, like situation to see like how God worked all of those details for, for good. And he's good now. So yeah. And <laughs> it just you, you talking about your story and describing it took me there, took me to that place that operated or the, the waiting room when you're talking with your doctor. Mm -hmm. And I just imagine like just having that conversation with the doctor, if you can just sense, especially as a doctor who, who is professing the name of Jesus, just yeah. like he did that, that person has a different light about them. Yeah. Of like, honestly, like I don't know if it's a sixth sense yeah. or anything, but sometimes you can just tell if someone is a believer, yeah. whether it's the doctor or the Target grocery store clerk. For yeah. sure, you know, Absolutely. like it's just the the way they hold themselves, mm -hmm. the way they talk, or the yeah. just how they care about you in general. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it's uncommon for doctors or surgeons yeah. to um, to be believers. I don't know why I think that, but I think it's kind of against the normal for them to say we're going to get through this because God, not because of my talent or my knowledge mm -hmm. or my hands or my wisdom, but yeah. because we have God on our side. Um, it was just a really, really cool. Yeah. Cause he knows who gave him that talent. Yeah. Who gave them that wisdom and for sure. That work ethic and everything that was, that he has now was given to God. Yeah. That's awesome. I have a similar story with like regarding cancer, just with my dad. Um, a few of our listeners may know, um, but I know, I know that y'all know, I just want to share it with everyone of, when I was 14, my dad lost his battle to cancer. Mm. Um, and it was hard. It was a six year long battle. And just seeing, seeing how he held himself like this, this is the low detail of it's, it's a huge detail, but a low point. Yeah. Like, like the downward slope of my story of like, all right, what is happening? My dad dies. 
we're praying for healing. We're praying for just recovery through this whole process. And it wasn't given. And it was like, God, are you really there? Like I, I asked for this and I, I felt like I checked all the boxes, but it, I still lost this. But what God used in that time that I see now is that I cherish my family so much more than, than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I also, in just conversations of, like, I feel like just the sense of you need to be close with your family or you need to have that time with them is for me. And honestly, like, as, as a potential or as a future leader of, of people, I want to embody that like, as a leader of, like, hey, like, if you have a family thing going on, um, then, like, you, you got to be there because uh, it's important. Like, family is super important. And just that whole experience, losing my dad, is that time is short of yes, life is long and you only live once, but it is the only life you have and the only time alive that you have here that you get to make an impact or that you get to just do so many things. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it just make an impact for the Lord because I know that's exactly what my dad did. Um, but yeah, y'all thank you for sharing just for, uh, I know that, that that can be super hard to talk about. I know I'm getting sort of emotional right now and that's just what happens when I talk about my dad, <laughs> but I want to get to kind of a lighter moment where we kind of push into y'all's messages where we're ready to hear you speak. Um, Aaron, I want to go to you because in your message that we're about to hear, you mentioned the UK trip and you took that over spring break. It was like the day before COVID and we weren't <laughs> even sure that you were going to come home. <laughs> I and made so, it home guys. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> she is here in the U S Katie, Texas. She made it home. Uh, praise God. But I just want to hear like briefly about the trip of like what stuck out the most, like the differences in people, the culture, the food. I don't know. I've been to the UK <laughs> just once. Um, and I just want to hear, hear your take and your experience with our mission trip. Yeah, it was super fun. The best, one of the best experiences ever to take five of our kids here from West and some from the other campuses. And one of the things that was st stuck out to me was, so we got to go into high schools every day. Um, our team got to go into a high school and they got to minister to the same similar kids every day. So the kids built relationships with our students. They um, would run up to them at lunch and just always want to talk to them, know about America and everything. Um, and so they, the reason that we were able to go into the schools is because um, the the administration wanted to teach them about this word resilience, which isn't a word I never really used much before. Um, but they talk about this on the weekly, like resilience, how we can be resilient, how we can come back from hard things quickly, overcome things. Um, and so our students were able to talk about how they are able to be resilient is because of their faith in Jesus. They are able to yeah. be resilient because of the relationship they have with the Lord, which is something that these kids in, up there in the UK, the country of the UK, have never heard about before. Like they're in the, the a lot of these kids are poor. And um, we were in the countryside, like what we would call out in the country here. Um, they they haven't heard about Jesus. They don't know that you can have a relationship with him. It's just something they have all these uh, minsters and cathedrals in their city, but it's just like a piece of history to them. It's not a real thing for them. Yeah. And so to teach them how our students are able to be resilient because of Jesus, it was, it was the best experience. And, um, so many seeds were planted there that we probably won't get to see the end result of them on this side of heaven. But I know that so many seeds were planted because of our students over there and it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. And the experience that those students get to have of saying that 
I got to go overseas and share the gospel with these with students, with adults, with strangers that that probably never heard of it. Yeah. And I, I do like how you hit on how there are churches there and there are cathedrals that like that are beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's just a piece of history because the church was paired with the government. Hence how America was made mm-hmm. because separated separation of church and state. And so church wa- has always had like a negative connotation to it in the UK and that slowly, but surely there are churches like actual churches that are preaching the gospel that are starting to grow and the word of the Lord is being shared there, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And that's so cool that you got to be a part of that. It was really cool. Yeah. Erica, in your message, you talk about perspective. Yes. And the perspective that you have on things versus uh, the perspective that your husband has on things. And it's funny because Seth just walked into our studio and we're just pumped yeah, to have him here. Perfect timing. Right? Perfect Convenient. timing. It's, al- it's almost like he knew. Um, <laughs> he didn't. I didn't. I didn't tell him. But uh, other than you, than the example that you give in your message that we're about to hear, what other ways do you and Seth have a different perspective or how, how do you see those in your daily life? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm gonna let you talk. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. He's taking over. <laughs> Go ahead. Just we, ha- we have a great thing about us is that we have a <laughs> lot of the same perspective of a lot of things. We're very much on the same page. I would say 85% of the time. Mm. The, but when we're not on the same page, we are not on yeah. the same chapter wonder, even. Like I wonder what the <laughs> average is. Like we're not even in the same book, Taylor. We're not Taylor. even in the same oh, no. book <laughs> if we're not on the same page. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, I mean, it's fun, you know. It's great. It's all about the details. Yeah. So, uh, when it comes to cleaning, um, uh, was this supposed to be spiritual or more like lighthearted? It can be anything you want. I think, this is, I think this is a good I'll direction. Start with, I'll start with yeah. this. I'm confident. I this. like. I <laughs> always thought that I was a clean freak. I always thought I was a very neat person. Mm. And I would say that, you know, I think the house needs to be deep cleaned maybe once a month. And Seth would tell you every Friday what we do uh, is we deep clean. So there are differences. Um, that's date night. Uh, yeah, that's the except. He came home this past Chicken Friday. Said pulled out the the broom the mop and i accidentally um kicked my toe on the vacuum and i was like why is this in the middle of the floor (laughs) and he was like it's what we do on fridays we clean and i was like no this is what you do on fridays um he's dying to say something right now (laughs) but it's not a bad thing having a husband that's super clean because some wives have the opposite yeah exactly um i think some would go for your half rather yeah, so I know <laughs> that I'm very lucky. Count my blessings every night. Oh, yeah. um, every time I hear that hand vacuum running after I eat dinner, <laughs> sucking the crumbs up. Or off. while you're eating Or while, yeah, yeah, he finishes before me. So, anyways. If um, you want to see that live in action, just follow Erica Phipps on Instagram <laughs> whenever it happens. It's definitely up there. The people want it. The people want to see it. Yeah. It's good content. Um, but also, I like I said in my message, I'm very... I'm geared more negatively, I think, just from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely more positive perspective, which is really good because it, it for sure balances me out. Um, like when we go to Disney World, for example, I just I want the perfect day. I want the perfect weather. If we're at the parks, I need it to be like cloudy and warm. But if we're at the pool, I need it to be sunny and, right. and hot. And every day I'll wake up and I'll be like, it's going to rain today. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, it's not. It's going to be the perfect day. And. 
and it'll rain, like I said, but <laughs> like he still has this positive perspective on it. Well, like, oh, it'll rain, but then just in time for us to get to the pool, like the sun will come out and just little things like that make yeah. a huge difference in my life because it gives me like pockets of positivity that I, ooh, that would be a That's good, good. Oh. that would be I a like good that sermon title. Pockets of positivity. Or write a book. Yeah. Can we be on that? Co- co-writes? Yeah, come on. Done. Yeah. Starting it's a good thing our managers are here. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to have a different perspective. I think everybody needs, honestly, a different perspective in their life because you can get so, um, you know, have such tunnel vision sometimes, only seeing your perspective. And sometimes we don't welcome other people's perspectives in, but it really is such a good thing to have those other perspectives in our life. Yeah. Because if Joseph, you know, if Joseph kept, if he had had a negative perspective in the pit, he would have never gotten out of it, you yeah. know, but knowing that God had a plan, God was in the details, seeing the bigger perspective um, is what really got him through. Yeah. And I think Joseph had that tighter connection with the Lord, knowing that there was a bigger picture. Right. Not getting down in the dumps that he's in prison or in this pit about to be sold kind of thing of, like he knows that he's going through life, that he's riding this up and down roller coaster, but knowing that the bigger picture is has yet to be revealed. And that's really cool. Yeah. Everybody needs some of that in their life for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just excited just to hear what you have to say. I mean, I, I got to hear it on Sunday, <laughs> but I'm sure everyone listening right now is ready to jump into your messages. So uh, we're going to let them do that. Listeners, we hope that you enjoyed just this time. We're going to keep doing this, just having a conversation as we are navigating COVID-19 season and just managing what it looks like to do ministry during this time. Um, as well as just regular student ministry. And this is different. This is new for all of us. And we're pumped and we're glad that you are along the ride with us. Let's jump into Aaron's message. Hope you enjoy. Our lives are really like a story. We're going to be looking about how our lives are like a book. We're going to talk about that. And so we're also going to look at our friend Joseph. I talked about Joseph a few weeks ago. Um, And to say the least, if you were to analyze Joseph's life, his book had some very bad chapters. There's, I found this graphic online. I'm just going to be honest. I did not make it. Joseph had a lot in his life. A lot of things went wrong. A lot of things that he probably didn't expect, plan, want to happen, right? A lot of bad things. He was the favorite. Okay, hi. He was the favorite. He was betrayed by his brothers, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery. I'm not going to read the whole story today because we don't have that much time. Then he was elevated back in Potiphar's house. When he was sold, he was elevated. And then he was wrongly accused, back down. Then in prison, he got elevated in the prison. He was gone in prison for so long. And then at the end of his life, he was second in command in Egypt. So if you were to look at Joseph's life, There's some high moments, right? Like to be second in command in Egypt, that's a pretty big deal. But there's also some really low moments, really low. No one wants to be in prison. No one wants to be almost killed by their brothers. No one wants to be wrongly accused, right? There's so many highs and lows in Joseph's life. And the same is going to be true for us. Yeah, we're probably not going to be thrown in prison. We're probably not going to be the ruler of Egypt. But... We are going to have some serious highs and some serious lows in our life. And last week, Seth talked about how we have to believe that God has a purpose for us, right? This whole series is about what's our purpose. And last week, Seth talked about that we have to truly trust and believe that there's a purpose for us. And this week, we're going to look at how we can pursue that purpose for us every single day. We're going to talk about our lives are just like a book. 
And so three things I want to hit on this morning. The first, the first um, point is that we know how the story ends, right? Like, so here's, here's a little thing about me. My friends know this. Everyone knows this about me. But whenever um, I'm watching a show or reading a book, I absolutely hate not knowing what's going to happen, right? Like, I'm known for um, pausing a show in the middle of it and Googling to find out what happens before I watch it. Don't ask me why. Kylie, don't look at me like that. I don't know why. It's just I do not like surprises, okay? Don't ever throw me a surprise party. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. Same in my daily life. Like, I like coming to work, know exactly what's going to happen. Same with shows and books. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. I will, Grey's Anatomy, I love that show. I will look up who dies, who gets married, who breaks up. Who, all these things before I even watch it because I like knowing what's happening. I love spoilers, right? And so we know how our story will end, and that's really good news for me because I don't have to guess, right? Like I don't have to wonder what's going to happen. I know that at the end of my life, everything that's going bad on this earth, every hurt, every um, bad situation, bad circumstance will be resolved, and I will see Jesus face to face, and it's all going to be okay. We know how the story ends. That's good for us. And so when you think about a book, right, like how do you read a book? You read from first page to the last page. And I know some of you who are um, assigned to read books in high school, you might not actually read them because I didn't, but read your books, kids, okay? Spark notes doesn't always help. Um, but we know how the, how the story ends. We have the ultimate spoiler, if you will. The ultimate spoiler is that we know that Jesus came, he died for us, and everything will be okay once we see him in heaven face to face. And just like Joseph, we will have ups and downs in our lives. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, hear me, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you know how your story will end. We can stand firm and be confident that there will be a time where all the hurt, the tragedy, the bad circumstances, the hard things, there will be no more. Resilience, it's a word that you're going to talk about in your small group. And I, I came to love this word um, on our mission trip when we went. I took five students to the UK over spring break in March. And we were in schools. One thing that we got to do, we, we went to a high school every single day and we hung out with the same kids every day. And we were able to go and talk to them about Jesus. And the main thing that the principal wanted us to communicate to them was resilience. And how our students communicated resilience to these UK students was that they were able to be resilient because of their faith in Jesus. Now, these kids out in the country of UK, they have never heard about Jesus, a lot of them before. It's just an old um, thing that they learn about in school, a thing that they learn about in history. That's what Christianity is to them. But resilience, our faith in Jesus is what allows us to be resilient. And if you don't know what that word means, hang tight. You're going to talk about it in your small group. We, get, we know the end of the story. We get to know what happens at the end, right? It's not a mystery. So we know the end of the story, but what happens until we get there, right? Like there's a lot of pages from the first page to the last page. So what happens in all of these pages? Well, you have to keep turning the page, right? That's the second point. Keep turning the page. One day at a time, keep turning the page. When you read, you have to read one page at a time, right? Unless you're some crazy magic reader and you can read like two pages at a time, which I don't think any of you can. You have to read one page at a time, one line at a time, one word at a time. That's how you read a book. 
And the same is true for our lives. That's how you have to live your life, one day at a time. Leaving the past behind, you don't go from page 50 back to page 2. You just normally don't do that. You don't go backwards. You have to leave the past behind. Whatever bad things happened to you before, whatever, whoever hurt you in the past, whatever went on when you were in when eighth grade, ninth grade, you have to leave those things in the past. Just like Joseph did. Joseph had a crazy life. When he was um, the, in command in Egypt, he didn't dwell on the fact that his brothers once um, betrayed him and almost killed him and sold him into slavery. You don't see Joseph dwelling on those bad things. And hear me, I'm not, I'm not um, downing anything that y'all are going through, that y'all, are, y'all have been through. But in order to pursue God's purpose for your life, you have to leave those bad things behind and keep moving forward. And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to leave my past behind. I don't know how um, so-and-so hurt me or so I did this or whatever happened in your past. There are things that you can do to get past those bad things in your past. There are things you can do. You can talk to people, people that are professionally trained to help people who are going through hard things. Don't dwell on the bad that happened in the past. Put your head down and keep turning the page. And what the cool thing is about a book, right, is that when you're on a page, you know how much you have left, right? Like you can see how there's so many more pages. And I want to challenge you today that whenever maybe you're in a really hard place and you just maybe don't think that there's another page or you can't see what's going to be on the next page, in a book you can see that there are more pages and in all of your lives there are more pages, And you have an author, not a human author, but you have the ultimate author. You have God who has already written out all of those pages for you. They're already written. They're already there. All you have to do is turn the page. One at a time, turn the page. That's how you find what God's purpose is for your life. One day at a time, one page at a time. What keeps you in a good book? What keeps you wanting to turn the page? Right, what is it? One, you want to know what happens if it's a good story. You want to know how the characters get out of the situation. You want to know what happens in the end. You know there's more to the story, and you want to know what happened. But here's the problem that I had for so long, and some of you might have also. Here's the problem. We want to know what the purpose is right now. We want to know what the purpose is right this minute. And you don't go from chapter 2 to chapter 10. Why don't you do that? You don't read chapter 2 and immediately skip forward to chapter 10. Because you wouldn't know what happened. It wouldn't make sense to you. It wouldn't come together. You have to go one chapter at a time, one page at a time. You can't always know why things are happening right now. You can't go from chapter 2 to chapter 10. You have to go one chapter at a time. Look at Philippians 1.6. It says, be, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He started a good book in you, a good work in you. He started the book. The book is in the process of being written. And he will carry it out until the day of completion, until it, with Christ Jesus. Every single page, every single day. Now, that all sounds really good and easy, right? Like, it sounds really great. Like, one day at a time, you'll get there eventually. It sounds really great. 
But I understand and I know because I've, I'm in this life too that we live in a world that's very hard. A lot of things, ha- bad things happen in your schools, in your life, in your family. There's a lot of things that you all have to deal with. <clears throat> and so when I was in high school, I would, uh, we would always read books and something that I can continually remember my English teacher saying to me was that don't miss the details, right? That's why reading spark notes <laughs> doesn't always work because the details are left out, right? Like don't miss the details that are written in, these bo- in the books. Every single detail that the author writes in a book is written there for a reason. Whether they bring it up later in the, ch- later in the book, whether they, um, whatever it may be, every single detail is written for a reason. That's what my high school teachers told me, and that's why I sometimes didn't get good grades, because I would miss those details, right? I would miss the details. And the same is true in our lives. If you think of your life as a book, every detail of your life is written in there for a reason. You might not know right now. Sometimes the author will mention something on page 217, and you won't hear about it again until page 315. But every single detail is there for a reason. And sometimes we may never understand on this side of heaven why we're going through whatever it is that we're going through and how it contributes to our purpose. We may never understand that. But just like I said in the beginning, nobody watches books or watches shows or reads books that don't have any problems to it that wouldn't be worth it. Every single hard thing, every single circumstance makes you stronger, makes you grow. There's a lyric, um, I love Taylor Swift, I'm not bashing her. There's a lyric in one of Taylor Swift's songs. Um, I love Taylor Swift, but I wouldn't recommend her as your um, theologian, if you will. But one of her lyrics says, the devil's in the details, in one of her new songs. That's the lyric, the devil's in the details. And I was thinking about that as I was listening to that song the other day, and I was like, Okay, what if we shifted that perspective rather than thinking that all these bad things are happening to me, everyone's out to get me, the devil's out to get me. What if we shifted it from the devil's in the details to God's in the details, right? Like I think a lot of times we forget that God, yes, has this overarching picture for your life, but he also cares about what you went through um, this morning. (laughs) He cares about that fight that you had with your mom last night. He cares about um, that argument that you had with your friend at school last week. He cares about that bad grade that you made on your test last week, right? Like he cares about the details so much. And he will use every single detail of your life, good or bad, to write your whole story. Every detail will make up your whole story. Romans 8.28, it's a very, very popular verse, and it says, it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things together for good, according to his purpose, right? Not our purpose, not what your mom's purpose is for you, or your, or your parents' pur- purposes for you, or your teachers, but his purpose, which is ultimately our best. And so earlier we talked about Joseph. <laughs> to say the least, there were a lot of bad chapters, right? Like if, if you're reading, a, if you re- read his story, you can go read it in Genesis. Um, there's a lot of bad chapters of Joseph's, Joseph's life. He was almost killed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery 
wrongly accused, thrown in prison, so many bad things. But towards the end of Joseph's life, he becomes the second most powerful man in Egypt. And look what he says. I love this verse. It's Genesis 50, 20. He says, you intended to harm me, talking to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph believed, Joseph knew that God was working the mess of his life for good. And so the ultimate question that I want to ask you this morning is, do you trust him to do the same for you? Do you trust God enough to work the mess of your life, the good stuff and the bad stuff, for good and for your purpose, for his purpose for you? Do you trust him with that? And I want you to just think about that for a minute. And I don't want you to, like, think about some churchy answer that you, like, want me to want to say that you think I want you to say. I want you to truly be honest. Do you trust him? And if the answer is no, I want you to know, one, that's okay. Because more than anything, God wants you to be honest with him about how you're feeling. So if you don't trust him, here's what I want to challenge you to do. One, tell him that. <laughs> tell him why. And ask him to turn your heart, to fix your heart, to change your perspective. Pray to him all the time. Get in the word daily. If you don't trust him, that's okay. Be honest with him about that. But seek him so that he, you will see how trustworthy that he truly is. And the truth is, at the end of your life, I was with my grandpa the other day, um, and he's about 85 years old. Um, and I was thinking about him and how, how much he's lived through, um, how many accidents, the cancer, the, all the bad things that he's lived through. And I was thinking about him, and I was like, I wonder if he remembers every single detail of his life, right? Like, I wonder if he remembers when he was 30 and he lost his job. Or I wonder if he remembers um, this when he was younger and that. And I was like, he probably doesn't. He's probably just happy that he has grandkids that love him and that he has a family. And um, so he probably doesn't remember every single detail of his life. But he knows that the end... All of that was worth it, right? Like in the end, it was all worth it. At the end of the book, at the end of your life, at the end of your story, the end of your book, you probably won't remember everything you went through in high school. Let's be honest. You're probably not going to remember that fight you had with your friend, that breakup you had, all of those hard things. But you will forever know the ending, if you're being honest. You will forever know how your story will end. And so today, if you're here, and maybe your book is full of blank pages, like you have pages, but there's nothing on them. Because the Bible tells us that apart from God, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing of significance, nothing that matters in this world. And maybe your story is, hasn't really started yet if you don't know Jesus. And so I want you to think about that for a second. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want your story to start today, we would love to talk to you about that. And in a second, we're going to pray, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. But I want you to talk about in your small groups, do you trust him enough to work the mess of your life for good, the details of your story, and how you can keep turning the page every single day to chase that purpose, to chase that end.